I got it back. Yes. So anyway, hello, ladies, gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. I believe that was a line that was used many, many years ago. And let us know if you can't hear any of this right now. So, yeah, but anyhow. Well, that's true. He does, doesn't he? No, Leslie. Oh, I know. I'm so stupid. I am so stupid. <laughs> oh, God, help us all. It's going to be one of those days, folks. It's going to be one of those days. You know, here's the thing. <laughs> you can tell I've had too little sleep. You got to switch over your sound system from built-in to the black hole, too. <laughs> oh, now you should be able to hear I'm, her. <laughs> <laughs> Betty's asking if you've been drinking coffee from the Emergasm. <laughs> again. So I'm now, now talk. Can you hear me? As everybody, I, Betty, I only wish I'd been drinking it from the. Or are or are you having special uh, special uh, juice from the emergasm? So um, can you hear us? Now? Yes, Shell can hear me now. She says, "Good morning, uh, everybody. We, we are both finally with us. You missed my fabulous uh, Thanksgiving Leslie. story, which I won't take time to repeat. I can hear Leslie now. Um." <laughs> I will just say, I will cut to the chase and say, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, God help us all. <laughs> Pam, are you with us? Uh, <laughs> we we should all be here. And I see that we are. And we've got all those things there. And this is where it should be. Yes. And Betty's noting and one month away from Krista's and Paul's birthday. Pam, can you hear me? And I can't hear anything. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, now I will tell you my story since Pam can't hear me, but you can, like, ladies. I wasn't hosting this year uh, a lot of people, um, but it was really a lot of It was a lot of Okay. Oh, my God. Now we can barely hear Leslie again. Okay. I am doing Take a, moment. a bang up job. <laughs> How's that? Can you hear can me? Can you now? hear us now? Can you hear Leslie now? <laughs> oh, Pam, yes, they said, oh, lost you Lord. again, Leslie, way in the background. Oh, Lord, <laughs> I think, my friend, 
Hands on right pushes. I must make Yes, both. We are back. We're talking all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, Lord, won't you buy me Pam. a Mercedes Benz? Uh, Pam, we can, they can hear us. Right. I don't know can if you can hear, hear us. Now? That's, that is the question. I can't hear Leslie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she cannot hear me. Pam, <laughs> did you correct your coffee this morning? <laughs> Can you hear us both now? <laughs> what am I singing? I am singing. No, I did not correct my coffee this morning. It should be. <laughs> well, now I can hear you. You can hear me? Yes. Can they hear us? That's a good question. <laughs> Not Leslie. Uh, all right. Um, and I'm, what I'm singing is um, the... Uh, song from um, oh, who is it? Uh, Janis Joplin. Yeah. In case you were wondering. All right. Let's see if I go here. Can we? Can you hear us both? Can now? you hear us both now? Nah. Um, I give. Let's see a second. It was yeah, just no they could okay. only hear uh, Pam. Uh, yes, Floor. Can you hear us? I'm Shell says yes. From home again. I hear you both. Today. They have both. I can't hear Leslie. <laughs> oh my gosh. God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we do the podcast? With, uh, shall we try it? Yeah, the only problem is, is I can't hear Leslie, so that's not good. <laughs> you can start the news, Pam. That is not good. Um, let me see. It's all sound. There is sound. <laughs> I will admit to that. All right. Let's connect. <laughs> but as long as everybody can hear us. Um, it is seesaw sound, and, shell. I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Um, and hopefully this will come back soon enough. Yes. Because I, I am lost. I'm lost in a lost world. Lost in a lost world. And we're still recording. Yes, because they hear us both. They just can't, you just can't hear us. Okay. Well, we're trying to fix this, or I'm trying to fix this. We can start with the news. So, Leslie, do, do you have any loot news that has fit to print? <laughs> yes, I... Um, it's sketchy Guido. That's exactly right. Sketchy Guido is sketchy. I can read the news, Pam. Okay, so I am going to send news from our beloved SR. <laughs> I'm, and Elena says I'm going to put something in my coffee so I can really enjoy this. <laughs> oh, it would be helpful if I did this. Oh, my gosh. While Pam does her tech both? troubleshooting, I will tell uh, you about all the news from SR this week because we actually had quite a bit. Um, there we go. We got it. We're, we're back. We're seeing if we're back. Can you hear me, Pam? 
I can okay, I was fine. about ready to start the news. Do you want to start the news? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost everything. I'm my really mind. glad this is happening this week. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> anyway. I know. Control yourself, Pam. All right. There was lots of news this week from SR. Uh, he's going to be getting the Advent re read along uh, with day one of December 3rd and and is inviting everybody to join him in 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 getting the book uh, Advent and Christmas Wisdom from Henry J. M. Newen. Now and, and, and Kenzie's going to yell at me on that. And uh, I, he says, I know that finances are tight for everyone this year, so I tried to choose an inexpensive paperback. It may be available in local libraries as well. I'll be posting on social media from time to time and then posting a weekly reflection on his website. And of course, I'm delighted to be able to join you on the podcast uh, December 16th, which will be good. <clears throat> yes, it will. Betty, I'm only drinking coffee. <laughs> I swear to God, that's the only thing I've been drinking this <laughs> Um, This week, Passionflix released a teaser trailer for part three, along with announcing the release date of December 14th. He has seen the films and readers will love it, and Passion Flux has included a couple of surprises. This is great timing as the 10-year anniversary of the publication of Gabriel's Redemption is December 13th. It's so very good. Um, yeah, and look, I hope they're looking forward to that. Or maybe not, because that way that makes it over. So anyway, um, also, I want to remind everyone that I'm doing a watch long of Gabriel's Redemption Part 2 on his author Facebook page on December 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern. All are invited to watch the film and on their device and chat with me on the Facebook page. And he also says, bring the blanket. Um, shop uh, Passion Flux uh, got a blue check blanket that they've been using for uh, um, the, in the movie that's Julie and Gabriel's blanket. And I understand that right now it is sold out. So I, you know, check with them to see if they're going to be restocking. It. Yes, that seemed to be a hot seller in the Passion Flix store. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It is sold out. <clears throat> but SR mm -hmm. thinks they're going to be back in um, stock. He is going to double check. Yeah, yeah. It's sold out so. pretty quickly. So, yeah, yeah. Lots of news from SR. Um, very excited that he's planning to be here the 16th to talk about the book for Advent. Um, we also know that the film is going to be released on the 14th. So, um, we do anticipate there, of course, that there will be some discussion of that, but the real focus of that podcast is going to be the Advent book. Um, mm -hmm. We'll talk to him and see. Yeah, we'll, we'll work out the logistics yeah. on Yeah, because we want to give we want to give the book discussion its due, but also, um, obviously, we know people are going to want to talk about mm -hmm. talk about the film. So. 
Um, also, I posted in the S All Things SR page uh, if anyone is interested in watching uh, Cheryl's grandfather's funeral today. It's at 1045. Um, the, it's a YouTube link from the uh, funeral home. So uh, just an FYI. Yes. Yes. Sending love, big hugs to Cheryl and her family mm -hmm. um, as uh, they have the service today. That's uh he was a very treasured member of the community. He loved SR's books so much. He loved having Cheryl read them. Um, and he was a very special podcast community member. So sending big hugs, big hugs to Cheryl's grandpa, to mm -hmm. their family. And also, and so, I, yeah. one, one thing, um, Cheryl texted us on on. Thanksgiving and uh, relate a story, which I'll relate to you guys as well. Um, when her grandfather passed, he and was the, in his room with his brother, and uh, his he asked his brother to read to him from the book. And his his brother can't read, uh, but he he knew enough to say that he wanted to see the book because. The book lady was in the corner. <laughs> he called us the book ladies. He called mm -hmm. us the book ladies, yes. And But I just found it very um, intriguing that there was a book lady in the room with, with him when he passed. So It was very sweet. Yeah, yeah. So she relayed that story to us, and it was very, it is very sweet, and it's, uh, you know, he was a good, he was a member of the family. Mm -hmm. of the yes, he family. was. And on the happy news note, I know Anna shared the news, I believe, in the chat before, while we were having our adventures or misadventures, <laughs> but I'm not sure if she did or not. So I am just going to say it as well that Caleb is cancer free. He is in full remission and that is some of the best news I've had all weekend. So I'm really super happy. Um, and she wanted to make sure everyone um, was thanked for their prayers and good juju um, as he's gone through this healing journey. And, and that is such, I'm so, that's such a blessing for him. I thank God he's, he's doing so well. Yeah, fine. yeah. And uh, you know, uh, a black lab lady got a blanket. Yeah, so did Floor. One of the lucky ones, so did Floor. <clears throat> I almost did, and then I looked at my bank account and said, you know, I still have Christmas presents for Isabella and little Anthony and Sarah and uh, a couple of others, and but everything else I have. So I'm... I'm I'm way ahead of the game this year. <laughs> I think that's I think that's ahead. wonderful. I'm I'm shocked at it myself, to be very honest with you, because normally I wait till the last minute. Well, but that's just well. Me. I think for me, it's a matter of I need to. It has to be the right thing. So I'm looking all year. Like I've bought a couple things already, but um, if I'm not if I'm not seeing the right thing, then. I don't start in earnest until now, <laughs> you know, until, until it's closer to Christmas. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm always looking. 
I'm always looking. So I'm just so glad that I'm, we were able to get everything together because we have two short but um, important chapters uh, today, and I was excited about talking about them. Um, mm -hmm. Some of our uh, characters, uh, some of our most loved and most hated characters are in, the, <laughs> in these chapters. I did note, Petty, don't you think I missed the fact that you slid Paul in that chat? <laughs> That's Betty right. said Paul's not in the trailer again. Um, no, he's not. So, uh, <laughs> Betty, your love of Paul is just fantastic. And and mm -hmm. next next week, we'll have a very special chapter with Paul in it um, coming up. So, yes. so hang on to your hats for that one. Uh, it should be good. <laughs> so we're going, um, we're covering the two chapters today, chapter 23 and 24. Um, and 23, of course, uh, leaving the Emerson uh, bubble it's and uh, showcasing what's going on with, um, with Krista. And um, <laughs> but have the series without my sweet Paul. And Elena asked about the funeral link. She's not seeing it. We didn't post it in this chat. It is out on Instagram. It's out on, on our, our uh, not Instagram, our, our Twitter page. Twitter. X page, whatever you want to call it. Um, um, let me just get it and I'll put it in. Here. Okay. It's a YouTube channel. Yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah. So, oh, well, I do we're talking about Krista. Um, and it kind of showcases what she's up to in chapter 20. It's back at Columbia, New York City. Um, it showcases her waiting a few minutes before her appointment with Professor Lucia Barin, the chair of her department. And she had successfully escaped Patani when we last her. She got out of that whole room. <laughs> Betty's, Betty's saying Krista is mm -hmm. back. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, she got out of that pat room with Pacciani, nursing both an internal and venge. Krista is in the war path. When she thought about what happened to her in Oxford, she did not use the word rape. Okay, Shell, can you still hear me now, friends? Yeah, you were, you were, uh... It was my Skype connection. Uh. Um... She did not use the word rape, but she had been raped. And he forced himself on top of her and had used violence to subdue her. He had taken her power away from her is really how she looked at it. She didn't use the word rape. Now she was going to have her way and make sure he suffered more. And she was really um, out to get him. And so we had asked Gaston about her, kind of her framing of this. And I asked, was Krista in denial about being raped? And I said, such a heavy question to ask in my post-Thanksgiving activity hangover. Um, and SR said, I think she's trying to put it behind her and not think about it. So this is probably a form of denial. And... So, you know, she just wasn't going to use that word, but she acknowledged he took the power away from her. 
And Betty said, Chris is probably jamming to karma without realizing it will come back to her. <laughs> yes, I agree completely. Um, very true. So Krista recognized that Pacciani had sent her a half-hearted apology, which she ignored as she thought up her plan. She began by sending his wife an email, including graphic photographs, very detailed emails that they shared. And she wanted to really cause trouble for him at home while she was biding her time to do something really damaging. And I completely agree with you, Shell. Power is it her life's blood. She, oh, absolutely. she thrives on that. So she already sent the nasty gram to uh, his Pacciani's wife and was kind of trying to determine what to do next when she heard the rumor about Pacciani trying to apply to a position in her department at Columbia University. Um, Betty asked the question, do you think Pacciani's wife already knew about the affairs? I say yes. I say yes, too, because, uh, it, you know, a lot of women will say that they that their husbands are cheating on them. But you, you can well, recognize it. And frankly, it. in oh. a lot of European countries, that's it's um, almost a matter of course to have a wife and a girlfriend. It might not be as much now. Sonia. I just know when I studied abroad in Greece, that was something they talked to us very, about culturally. Yeah. They said this is very, you know, it's silly to think there would be one, uh, one connection or one partnership throughout someone's life. So I, it may mm -hmm. be very different in Italy. It might be very different today. Um, uh, Elena said definitely... And Shell said, yes, Betty, she has her prestigious place in society. So mm -hmm. who knows? But um, good question. So Krista decided to go to work when she heard that Pacciani was trying to apply for a position. Um, and because of her intent on revenge was so good, she had a lot of energy and enthusiasm as she contacted her department chair um, so she set up an appointment and was waiting. Um, and because she was early, she checked her mailbox. And Betty said, wow, that is crazy. Can women have a lover besides the husband? Just curious if it's one-sided. It was not one-sided from, from, again, this was decades ago in Greece when I, when they talked about this in terms of the culture. Um, but it was not just a one-sided thing. Women could have... Um, assignations outside the marriage. Um, Elena said, I was inspired this week to reread the entire Florentine series. I had forgotten that Pacciani appeared again and not in a good way for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk about your karma. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Elena, you read the whole series. Ah, that must have been fun. I'm, I'm hoping uh, William's birthday uh, celebration kicked off the fun there. And Shell said, the point of getting mm -hmm. unmarried when then and proclaiming your love to someone else and then just go outside, just stay married and do what you want. Yeah, it was, you know, it's a different different way to look at things. A marriage is for the stability and to create a family. Um, but uh, outside dalliances were, it wasn't, it wasn't like everybody did it, but it wasn't us. 
it wasn't um, it's, 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 it's not uncommon. uncommon. Yeah. And Betty said, well, he's a hero. He finished Pacciani. And Shell said, what's the point in getting married then? Why declare your love and vow to love someone forsaking others and then go out and cheat and just, just don't get married? I think it was more of a traditional family lineage thing. Again, different time. Different, it might be very different now. Um, yeah, I mean, when you go when you go way back in time, a lot of marriages were uh, uh, you know, arranged because of political means or economic means, you know, to join families together to create better wealth, to do this, to do that, and the other thing. They weren't necessarily love yeah. matches. Now there were a lot of. I'm like I said, it wasn't. I didn't want it to say it was rampant, but it was. It was not uncommon. Um, yeah, there were a lot of people. I mean, there's some very, very faithful, devout Greek Orthodox people who that, that was their center. And so I didn't, I don't want to portray it, um, incorrectly, but that's just what was told to Mm me when decades ago, when I studied there, um, Flora said, yep, Pacciani got his karma, but he said, hopefully things Mm -hmm. have changed now. And Elena noted, it was fun to reread. I'm always rereading SR's works, intertwined with whatever else I'm into. Can never get too much SR. I agree. That is true. So, that is true. So as uh, Krista was waiting for her appointment, she checked her mail, and she found this letter from an attorney in New York. Damn it, she muttered. The professor had not been kidding when he said he was going to shut her up. Inside was a cease and desist letter that accused her of defamation with each incident detailed in painstaking details. Uh The letter also threatened further action if she continued the slanderous remarks from either one of them, about either one of them. So uh, I thought that was so great. You know, Gabriel put his... uh, action his words into action he told her he was going to do this and he did and i love that i just mm-hmm. love that i'm so happy mm-hmm. gabriel was did the cease and desist because this was enough you know they were done they were mm-hmm. done um she thought of writing a saucy reply to the law firm she partly wanted to continue her crusade against them simply out of spite Fuck that, she thought. But as she looked at the other pigeonholes, it would be foolish if she really wanted to get a PhD into the PhD program and actually graduate. It really would be foolish to go up against them. And I was, you know, when I read that, I thought, finally. I'm like, finally, Krista gets it through her head. This was a stupid thing to pursue. And Mm -hmm. trying to take them down in such a small academic circle was, was counterproductive. Yeah. You know, for someone who's always out for herself, I thought that the Gabriel thing, she was blind. That was kind of like a blind side to her. Um, (laughs) but he said, Gabriel, you finally listened to Paul. Aren't you glad you did what he told you to do? (laughs) Betty, you're so funny. Yeah, and uh, Shell said, I'm sorry, I just abhorred cheating. There's not enough revenge. Yeah, different. 
No, I, you know, different times, different, you know, one of the, many years ago, I read a book about kings and queens and uh, marriage mm -hmm. rituals. Um, and a lot of, you know, and I'm going back quite a few hundred years now, but a lot of them never, you know, they didn't know each other till the day they walked into the castle to be married. And uh, there, so they're really, a lot of times it was never a love match, and that's why, like, the French kings all had uh, their their uh, dalliances with with women in the court, and English kings as well. I mean, one English king broke away from the Catholic Church so he could, you know, carry on his with his mistress and what have you. So it's. Uh, you know the times are different now. They don't do that. I mean, ex except if you're King Charles, and then then you then you're an asshole. But that's another. Oh my gosh, Pam! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true though. I mean, that's they all. They, it, it, I'm not trying to condone it. It's just what happened. No, it's yeah. It, it's just. Um... I, I I guess the bottom line is the question that come out about do we think Pacciani had or the right. wife of Pacciani knew and I do think I don't know if he knew specific she knew specifically about Krista I think she knew that his he had dalliances so yeah I'm sure she knew um, and with kids she probably said go and Shell said I would find it funny if Pacciani's wife screwed CFP over she'd send the email and salacious information to her university then she'd be out of the PhD program forever actually Shell that's a fantastic thought yeah honestly that that would be a great twist Betty said, wow, that would be insane. But if Pacciani's wife did that, it would mean she actually cared for Pacciani. And I doubt Mrs. Pacciani loves him. I don't know. I don't, he, uh, well. Well, it also plays to some stereotype males that feel that cheating is okay. Yeah. That would be the ultimate revenge. Mm. And she wouldn't have her prestige anymore, Shell noted. But, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Elena says, don't mess with Gabriel or the love of his life, Krista. You'll never Absolutely. win that one. <laughs> That's no. true. I mean, you know but, Gabriel made sure he reviewed every letter, every word of that letter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, to make sure every detail was included. So, yeah, I mean, Krista had the aha moment here. You know, it's not worth it. She did. She had bigger fish to fry to get back at Pacciani. So she put the letter and her gag order, essentially, into her bag and began playing the part of the insecure, easily manipulated grad student as she walked into Professor Barini's office. Rather than study Italian studies, why it is why she should be going into acting. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. You're right about that. So, a black lab, black lab lady uh, agreed with Shell, although her, her cheater was actually a blessing. Had he not cheated, I wouldn't have found the love of my life. I've now been with almost forty years. Cheater is forgiven at this moment. Yeah. 
Very good point, Elena. And I'm so happy you were able to find uh, someone worthy of you. And Betty said, I wonder if Sugar was laughing when he wrote that legal letter to Krista. Oh, I bet he was enjoying it. Oh, He's I'm one sure of those attorneys that are in for the kill. I'm sure he loved writing every moment of this. Plus all the trouble and trauma that she caused his client. Yeah, I'm sure he was he was really done with her. He, and hello, yeah, Deanna. Absolutely. Hi, Deanna. Um, so we asked so, SR two and, questions. Did Krista seek or consider counseling to heal from her wounds? And the answer was no. And did she ever receive a response from Pacciani's wife? No. So there's the uh, answer to that yes, question. Yes, although I love, I love Shell's, Shell's uh, version. I think that would be great. I think that would be awesome, yes. So meanwhile, chapter 24, we head over the other side of the pond. And uh, Gabriel and Julia are getting into uh, Julia. God, forgive me. Gabriel and Julia are climbing into bed, and he pulls Julia into his arms and starts to kiss her neck. And she's like tensed up, and she's like, you know, Gabriel stopped and asked what the matter was, and she says, I can't remember. And Flo came for a visit. Remember? <laughs> anyway. No, came for a visit. Uh, SR did not write that, um, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. But that's what yes, he was that is what to. he was so then, pointing uh, to. And then he told her that she would probably stop rocket riding the uh, cotton rocket for the day after tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and so Gabriel wanted to make sure that she knew that he was not kissing her because he wants she wanted sex to which she arched her eyebrows which he may or may not have seen because it was dark and uh, he told her that he had a fairly good memory that she was on her cycle mind you not a bicycle and Gabriel pulled away uh, but Julia tugged at his arm because I, I guess it was like you know oh you know type pull away and um, she said she was sorry, but but she just hadn't didn't want to get his hopes to get up high. And uh, in a husky voice, he responded, saying, "Hope springs eternal," which it does. I'm still waiting. No, um, as he said, tomorrow would uh, he would show her eternally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So uh, Julia was was teasing him that his repartee sounded like a Cary Grant movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ca Cary was always good with those words. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he says he was flattered and he wanted to know how Julia felt about becoming a big mm -hmm. sister. To which she was excited. She had always wanted to have a younger sibling. Yeah. So I see Betty Betty made the comment a while ago. I asked the boss, now that Krista saw a different side of Pacciani and is facing legal problems from the Emerson, would she make a, a different choice, choices if she had to go back in time? And the the boss said, Krista was blinded by her obsession with Gabriel and didn't really think about the bigger picture and how it would affect her. 
And uh, you know, Julia acts like Gabriel's the only one who craves sex. This is what Shell, yeah, Shell noted care. that. Yeah, and and Shell also wanted to find revenge on Dean Harris, <laughs> which I thought was funny. True, true. So Gabriel reminds her that they um, there would be exciting times with with a younger sibling. Richard would be in Selins Grove, and every all the. Uh, Family would have their their kids growing up, their families growing up around them. They could all be, you know, be uh, spend ho- some of their holidays with them and vacations, and you know that that type of family gathering was appealing to him and to Julia, I'm sure as well. And and fortunately, he he said this in such a way that it wasn't going to get her all riled up about him wanting a baby, a family. Um. Then, you know, Julia promised him that it would grow long because he liked her short hair. And she said, oh, it'll, it'll grow longer again. You know, I, I, will, I, I said this to Kenzie the other day. Somebody asked me a question. And I said, uh, when I was, I guess it was about 25, or no, 28, 29, 29, I cut my hair really, really short. I mean, you know, if a quarter, if it was a quarter of an inch below my scalp, that it was that short and I my husband didn't know I did it and I came home and he was he was bought he was mm. what the hell did you do but it does grow out um so yeah so it you know then Gabriel brought up the fact that he had half siblings and Julie was surprised at this because he you know he never really talked about it um, and Gabriel said that his mother was, uh, uh, would, when she was upset, she would say his father left them because he loved his other family more, which, tr- which she was troubled as Julia pointed out and, and but she was beautiful and had uh, big eyes and well, and, and it wasn't that his just... father's eyes. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, continue. Okay. As I just lost everything, but that's okay. She, Julia um, had said that she was troubled but beautiful, and she had dark right, hair you, and dark you, eyes. eyes. And where, where Gabriel had uh, his father's eyes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Julia looked questioning, he said that, uh, said that he had had his father's eyes. And... But he couldn't imagine she was only a few inches taller than she was. So we we uh, asked SR, did you envision Gabriel's backstory and siblings when you started writing Inferno? Or did it develop as you wrote? And he said, I envisioned he had a family that he'd never met when I began writing. I wasn't sure he would ever meet them. Yes. I... I'm uh, putting that in the chat right now. I don't know if you guys can hear me or not, but I'm just going to put that in. Yeah, okay. we can. We can. Um, yeah, and Betty had made some comments that Gabriel is insatiable. Um, and there's nothing wrong with short hair, she said. And Shell notes, so yeah. is Julia. But Betty notes, Julia has to focus on her studies at Harvard. I think that's a great way to relieve her stress from her studies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you go, Gabriel and Julia. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and I like the fact so. that um, he wasn't sure when they he first set out to read the book if if he would have this part of the story because initially when he wrote the Gabriel series it was going to just be two books, and then so I can see that he wasn't sure yeah. and book three kind of made sense for him to have this element yeah, and come out. A, and that was also part of, you know, the fan reaction to the first two books. So that, you know, that's one of the reasons mm -hmm. why redemption was written. So Julie asked what his mother's name was. And she said, Suzanne Emerson. Uh, she also asked if, it, if he had any photos of her and, uh, Gabriel told her that there were a few as well as baby pictures and teasingly said, she said, you're holding out. <laughs> and uh, he was, he said, no, not really. They're, they're all in the drawer back in Cambridge in his desk. And he even had her diary. You know, and that with that, Julia's mouth dropped asking if he had read it. And she said, no. Um, he, he said, uh, Julie had said that if Sharon had had a diary, he would have liked to have been able to read it. Um, and Gabriel was puzzled. She, she said that her father had a box of her things sent to him and that when, when they were, uh, when she was moved in with her dad, but she had no idea was what was in it. Her father kept it in a closet. And with that remembered that she was said that maybe she should uh, see what, what's in it. So Gabriel suggested that he would go with her and, and she thanked him, asking how much he knew about his father. And he replied, not much. Um, he had met him once or twice, not counting the content of last night's dream. And after he died, Gabriel had a few conversations with the estate's lawyer. His father had included him in his will, along with his wife and children. And he had initially declined his inheritance. And when he changed his mind, he tried to break, they tried to break the will. Julie asked if he had um, been disinherited, and uh, far from it, but he had been named as, as an equal beneficiary, and his wife had a substantial inheritance. And when he asked, uh, no, he had not met his half-siblings. Gabriel came back with the, you know, they, they were not too happy about meeting the bastard son. Um, and when she asked what her father's, his father's name was, he says, Owen Davies. He told her that he would share the pictures when they returned home. And he also asked that Julian not look into his family. He had an intense look in his eyes and there was something he could not comprehend. And she promised that he would, he, he brought her head to his shoulder and they went to sleep. So. Oh, Leslie asked, was Gabriel shocked to be included in the will? And so I responded, yes. And that Rachel mentions the very early in Gabriel's Inferno about how Gabriel is trying to spend the money. And I think Gabriel had referred to it too. And I remember that comment, you know, at the time that he'd gotten all this money and because he felt that his father was such a bastard to his mother, that the sooner he spent it all, the happier he would be. Yeah. No, I remembered that. What I meant was when he first learned of it, was he shocked? You know, I, I, I do remember that comment. Um, and 
he was trying to spend more. He was, but he was, there was too much to spend. Like he couldn't spend it fast enough. Mm -hmm. And Betty noted, look how Mm -hmm. far the story has developed, which is true. It has been, it's really been from, from that time. And Flora said, I actually can't wait to see how they fix Julia's hair for that part of the movie. If they do, um, yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to make it have it shortened or not. I don't think they are, but I don't know because I, I haven't seen all the clips. Well, there, there, there's a way of, of mm-hmm. doing that. Um, they, they can like either with a wig, but like with with Julia, they can pull up underneath hair, a certain mm-hmm. underneath it so that they can and and get it. And way. Elena, I've seen yeah, that done. Uh, yeah, I mean they they've seen I've seen them do that and they used to do that in the like 40s. Um mm-hmm. Elena noted, I think Julia should initiate more before Gabriel has the chance. That would definitely relieve some of her stress. Don't hold back, girl. I mm-hmm. love it, Elena. You're so right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Shell noted, here's Julia being intrusive but not wanting him to be, which you're not wrong on that. Um the the comment that um he not he doesn't want her to like look into his, her mm-hmm. his family that kind of surprised yeah. me yeah yeah to be honest i think he doesn't want her tainted i don't think he wants any ugliness and all that's come from them has been ugliness mm-hmm. um Shell said maybe the deal with the wife was that Owen doesn't contact Gabriel, but he got around that by adding him to his will. That's a good thought, Shell. Um, mm-hmm. And Betty said, Q and Abba's money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> Betty said they could make her wear a wig, use pins to, or use pins to hide her long hair. This is true. So mm-hmm. we will see. We will see on December 14th, which is crazy to me. I know. I'm not ready. I know. I'm not ready. I wanted this. I wanted the last part to be in January. I didn't want it to be before Christmas, but that's just me. No. It's too many distractions. I I didn't think January, but I thought between Christmas and New Year's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After Christmas, I guess. Um, it is a nice Christmas gift to share with everybody though. Mm-hmm. And Elena mm-hmm. says, I agree, Leslie, he has a picture in his mind of a family he dislikes and doesn't want Julia anywhere near them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Although I do, you know, I am surprised that he, he just, well, no, nah, I guess he's been so hurt. He doesn't want, he just wants to cut that part of his life out. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, and and if she brings up, digs it up more, it's going to be upsetting to him. Right, and I think that's what and was really good for him to convey too. This, you know, this isn't just me saying, please don't look. It's this is hurtful. This, I it, it hurts me to even discuss it. Mm-hmm. And shall I agree? It's a shame that children are impacted by the parents' actions like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Betty says, "Hey, maybe Passion Flicks wants to release the movie in December as a way of celebrating Paul's birthday." <laughs> oh my gosh, Betty! I love it. 
Sounds reasonable, Betty, Shell said. And Flora said, it is a shame, but such a reality we all deal with and realize as we get older. Very, very true. And I think SR does a good job of showcasing that dynamic between the child and the parents throughout the series. Elena says, I'm not ready for the last installment. I'd have been happy to have it premiered at Passion Con. Please prolong the agony of saying goodbye to the series. <laughs> I know. I know. But well, it's been such I, a long, I, strange, wonderful trip. It, and it would have been done true. a year or two ago had it not been for the pandemic. Had not COVID. So we've kind of been ruminating in it. And now we'll have these beautiful films that we can look back and reflect mm -hmm. on and watch whenever, whenever we want, you know, that is very true. That is very true. Mm -hmm. so, it is. I think, I think for, and Betty I notes, we could always film cool. promise. She said, and Elena's hoping now hoping we get wall banger and passion con. Is that what you were I going think to that's say, Pam? What's going to happen? Yeah, I thought I think we'll get wall banger for that. And I have to say, I am very excited about the 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 filming of Wall Banger. That is such a funny book. I laughed out loud. I love that book. I love that entire series. Yeah. I love Alice Clayton. I have read everything she has written. She cracks me up, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And Shell notes, it was an adjustment for me with the ending of the Twilight movies. And now we experience it again. I think that is a great analogy, Shell. Yeah, it's it's like a season. Like, like when the Fifty when Shades uh, final movie came out. Betty has yet to read Wallbanger. Um, Betty, it is oh, it's so it's funny. such Betty, a it light, so funny. It's, it's really a good thing. It's really one of those books to turn to when you need a good laugh. Um, and Floor notes, what a cast for Wallbanger. They've rounded up. They mm -hmm. have. They've got some really good names. I want to reread so. it again. Yeah, I'll be rereading Wallbanger as we get closer, Elena said. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it on my nightstand in my to-be-read book. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole series, I highly recommend. Stuff. It's just fun. It mm -hmm. really is fun. Um, and Kenzie mentioned to me that Alice put out a book called, was it Last Call or One More Round? I think it was One More Round in 2020. And that one I know I did not actually read. So I think it's a novella. I think it's a shorter book. But um, I think that is a point of view from the lead, the male lead. Um, so I'm going to, I want to, I do want to read that because um, that was one that I, she that I hadn't seen. Um, Shell mm. read Wallbanger's fanfic, but she doesn't remember much. Ah, yeah, it was fun. I I remember. It, I, I I just remember the the poor cat and the uh, <laughs> headboard banging against the wall. So fun. Betty says, "Ooh, is the fanfic the same as the published one, or did the author make a few changes?" Good question, Betty. Yeah, really. Yeah. I better get the rest of the first series, Elena said. Sounds like a good time. It is. And especially, it is it's just fun. I mean, Alice Clayton's books are are a lot of fun. 
um, they make you laugh. And uh, that's always a good thing to do. So, well, anyway, it is, it is that, that time. time. <laughs> Betty asked, I wonder if Julia would consider Gabriel a wall banger. <laughs> um, uh, I would say yes. <laughs> and yes, please. <laughs> and that's why you put a towel behind your headboard. <laughs> Is that why, Pam? I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know anything. Oh about my that. gosh. <laughs> Another chapter for your book. And Shell says they bang against the wall, so. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and now yeah. we have a new tip from Pam, Betty says. Another chapter from her book. <laughs> Speaking from experience, are we Pam? Forget Martha Stewart. We have Pam. About that. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Did you hear the last comment? Forget Martha Stewart. We have Pam. As I, I did, you know, and, and it's like, you know. Oh, Pam, that is a fantastic way to end the podcast. That is hilarious. It is. It is. Get your towels, everyone. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And make sure you have a sock on the door or a towel on the door. <laughs> and on that note, what are we leaving with yes, today? So <laughs> we are leaving today with the Kinks Waterloo nice. Sunset. So yeah. So we hope you have a good week, everybody, and uh, we'll talk all next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. As long as I can.